Hello and welcome to Your Intention Matters. My name is Paul Madot. Thanks so much for being here today. I'm pretty excited about this one. I have Jessica Yarbrough, CEO of Yarbrough Holdings. Jessica, welcome. Thank you for having me on the show, Paul. You're very welcome. Thanks for allocating the time. So listen, take a quick second, say hi to everybody and a quick intro. Sure. Yes, I'm a business strategist and a growth expert, and I partner with entrepreneurs who want to translate their education, their background, their skills, their knowledge into high-value coaching and consulting businesses, and I help them scale to seven figures. Okay, uh, fantastic. And so uh, let's get into it then. So uh, I, I want to start with uh, right now, we're actually recording this session on March 31st, um, usually a very busy day in the world of, of sales and businesses. A lot of government uh, f- fiscal year ends are now, and so companies who sell into that are busy. And uh, there's a more than their fair share of companies who actually have fiscal year ends March 31st as well. But right now, the world, we're dealing with something different right now. And uh, I don't want to be immune to that. And so uh, I just thought I'd ask you real quick, um, how are you managing? How are you doing with the coronavirus? Everything okay? And how are you handling it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the people that are going to be hardest hit are ones that don't have uh, predictability, um, scalability, systems already in place. Um, so that's an issue for me and my business. I do. So I haven't felt the impact of it. Um, I am rising to the occasion to meet my clients who maybe have corporate contracts that were furloughed or um Maybe they're just trying to get into that scalability in their business. So they're struggling to sell some of the higher end contracts. And so one of the programs I just launched and have been running was really around how to get a cash injection and how to pivot your offers and messaging to meet the current buying psychology uh, of the economic climate. So there is some shifts that are required and anybody mm. says that you don't have to shift is delusional. Um, so it's about creating that bridge. How can we pivot? How can we innovate? How can we meet the needs of our market in this short term interim until at least the stock market goes up and people feel more confident to invest in coaching and consulting and training at a higher level? Right. Absolutely. And so everybody on, on your side of the coin, your family's OK. No issues there. Yes. Yes, thank God we are ha- happy and healthy and we live in a beautiful place in color- Southern California. Okay. So very blessed in that regard as well. Okay, go. I'm glad to hear that. Okay, so let's get into it then. So Jessica, you know that the name of the podcast is Your Intention Matters and that really stems from the belief that nothing is really handed to anybody and companies can provide their people with all, all sorts of tools and support to be successful. But if they don't have the fire in the belly, if they don't have the right intention or the mindset, the status quo usually doesn't shift. And I reached out to you because I think you have a, a pretty cool story to share. So if you're ready, um, let's get into it. You ready to go? Absolutely. Okay. So let's go back to San Diego State, uh, International okay. Business, Marketing, and Management. Um, when did you graduate? And if you recall, uh, what was your vision at that time? Where did you see yourself in 2020 back when you graduated? Oh man, I I was on a very different path, but I would say I graduated, I think around 2007. And even my job was my dream career was to climb the corporate ladder. I imagine I would be a VP or CEO of in a corporation, not in my own company. (laughs) Um, But I ended up getting a really incredible opportunity in my last semester in university. 
I had a project where I wrote a business plan um, for a startup company. Only I was missing some pieces like funding, for example. <laughs> and a few months after I graduated, I met the man with the key. Someone that had the same vision as me that had actually found a uh, loophole in the insurance market that allowed us a really unique way to monetize the business um, and who actually had the uh, healthcare background and the funds the investor capital raised. So we teamed up, had nothing, literally not even a desk or anything, and we built the company from, a ground, from the ground up to uh, international and to seven different countries in a year. So it was pretty amazing. I did that right out of college at a very young age. Wow. Okay. Um, you know, whenever I hear that, I, I, I'm curious about something. So you spend three or four years at university and college and you graduate and going down a certain path. Um, any resistance from those in your life about not going down the, the, the corporate America path? Any any hurdles you had to overcome about you're not going to be able to do this? And why, why wouldn't you go work for IBM or another big company or whatever? Just I'm curious about any resistance you might have had just personally in your life about your decision to uh, you know, take that shot. Oh, I've had resistance my entire life. So, you know, I think it's important to give some context. You know, I was definitely what I call the black sheep of my family. Um, I started uh, volunteering and working in hospitals at a very young age um, and really working in anything from ambulatory outpatient surgery to pre-op at the age of 13 or 14. Volunteer, couldn't wow. time. Managed my first company at six, dropped out of high school, ran, um, managed three companies. Three, They were part of one entity at the age of 16, managed my second company at 18, managed my company while I was in university, ran that company full-time and went to college full-time. So it took me five years to graduate. So I had a very business-oriented, driven, I'm going to do things my way uh, attitude. And I was like, I'm done. I'm not going to do high school, but I'm going to go get my degree. I'm going to study international business and I'm going to become fluent in Spanish. So I did that. And, you know, I did it my way the whole time. And in, even after I left my company, my startup company, and walked away uh, from everything without discussing it with any of my family and bought a one-way ticket to Southeast Asia, I got a lot of pushback on that, too. People thought I was totally insane. <laughs> well, so I want to talk to you about your decision to um, move on into a different direction. But, yeah. you know, but when you decide to, to, to start your own company and you experience... Uh, significant growth and great results in really a short period of time. I mean, there are some companies who don't even experience that type of success mm -hmm. in 10 years, let alone the first year. Uh, you know, that was a time, if I if I have my math correct, where it's 2008, 2009. How did you overcome the, the bubble that had happened at the time with the mortgage crisis? And it, it, things weren't that great, 2007, 2000, 2009, maybe a little bit, but it was still on the heels of, of a pretty uncertain couple of years. How did you manage that? Uh, because we were working within the insurance market and, you know, the insurance market is obviously always looking for ways to improve. We have a mess of an insurance industry. So if there's ways where you can uh, save uh, money, where you can provide better outcomes. All of that was still opportunity waiting for us. So there was a boom in what I call the medical tourism industry. So there was enormous opportunity happening in that moment for that industry. And that's why we were able to capitalize on it. Okay. Uh, so then, so then let's, let's go back to what I want to talk to you about, about your decision to actually move on 
because yes. things are good. You've created something from the ground up, so it's your baby. Uh, it's my baby. It, you know, it's a different <laughs> it's a different feeling than when you have success as an employee somewhere. And right. so, what was your intention um, behind that? When did you make that decision? Was it overly difficult? Was it a snap decision? Like, talk to me about your mindset when you were when you were making that decision at that time. Well, first of all, I'm 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 so grateful for the experience because it was like boot camp for entrepreneurship. I mean, the startup, the the level that we worked, the output that we did, what we were able to create in such a, a short time really expanded my mindset of what was possible. I, I didn't even know I had that much in me to create that quickly. So I, I'm grateful for that. But with that came a high level of stress, mm. obviously, long, grueling hours. Uh, I would say not the pay that I wanted because we're startup. So the promise is, you know, <laughs> sure. Work, put in your sweat equity. And so there was just a point in my life where I felt like I hit a breaking point. And I actually went on a vacation and met a friend of mine in Thailand who did business, was doing business in Asia and to see kind of what his operations were like. I and mean, this is year decades ago. Right. Um, and I didn't know anything about Asia. And in that moment, of course, watching him, I realized I did not want to do that. <laughs> but I also had a chance to just quiet my mind for a moment and drop into what is it that I really wanted. And what I wanted and what I had been putting off was to travel and to kind of pave my own way in this world. I mean, yes, I built this company, but in a way I still was doing something I didn't want to do, which was commuting every day, mm. uh, working 10 in an office, working under, at, you know, in a little desk under fluorescent lights. It, it wasn't what I wanted. And so I made the decision uh, and I came back. I gave my notice, much to the dismay of everyone around me. I sold everything, gave up my shares in the company, and I, uh, I'm East Asia, and I spent about four years traveling the world and making my own way. Wow. And so talk to me about that experience. That must have been one for the books. It is. It's yeah. the most amazing thing I've ever done in my life, and thank God I did it before I had a daughter. Um, you know, I ended up picking up consulting work, ironically, over there. That's the proof that your intention matters yeah. and that no matter where you go, there's always the opportunity. Um, I ended up going and doing business in China. Um, and it got to the point where I was like, what am I doing? I, this is too much uh, intensity for me right now. And I said, I want to just focus on kind of my inner world. And so I went to Bali and I started studying and dove really deep into yoga. And I took my yoga teacher certification and I said, I'm done with the business world. I'm just going to go all in and teach yoga. And I did that. I did that for several years before I got pregnant with my daughter. Okay. Well, one second, Jessica. Here, yeah. Yes, Nicholas, come here, bud. That was perfect timing. You just finished your answer and then my son walked in here. He's only four, okay. so I'm sorry. It's come okay. Here, come here, I have bud. a five-year-old. To totally get it. Yeah. Do you want to say hi to Jessica? No, Hi. you don't want to? Okay. So tell Daddy what's wrong. My sister's bugging me. Your sister's bugging you? Okay. Jessica, can you give me 30 seconds? I'm so sorry. Yeah, go let, ahead. Let, let me just handle it. Don't worry this. about okay, it. Okay, thank you. Okay, let's go fix it, okay, bud?
Oh, I thought that would have been a lot longer. All good. <laughs> daughter came in and when I was coaching uh, 12 or 15 people on a Zoom call yesterday, I yeah. was like, not now. And yeah. then she had a boo-boo and I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, so, it's funny where um, right now there's a lot of, my wife and I were talking about this yesterday and she says, how are you managing your Zoom calls with the kids? And I said, well, I said, the kids are pretty good. And you know, but I said, if, if anybody pops in, it's, you know, it's not the end of the world because we're all trying to manage this yep. right now. Like, you know, working from home, but working from home with your family around, there's a lot of slack in the road. People get it. And, and totally. especially, especially those that have children as well, whether they're the same age or not, like we're all humans right. and we're all trying to figure this out. So anyways, I appreciate that. Okay. Of course. Okay, totally. So, like I said, she interrupted yeah. yesterday. I'm like, what? Not now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> she likes to come and sit on my lap. So yeah. I, I told her I had to be very like, not now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. Um, okay. So, so now we're at the part where you are getting, you're at four years in Asia, great experience. And then I'll, I'll take you moving on from here. Okay. Yeah. So I kept doing that until I got pregnant with my daughter. And I believe that's where we ended. Right. Okay. So you're four years in Asia. Um, really great. Four years of traveling, not just in Asia. Yeah. So where else did you go? Central America. I lived in uh, Thailand, Indonesia, and Costa Rica. And I backpacked all through Southeast Asia and Central America. Wow. Holy mackerel. That's, uh, that's incredible. It's on, it's my, it's my wife's bucket list right there. Uh, to, to do that. And so a uh, great experience, um, you know, four years, as you said, uh, probably easier to do, you know, before children. And, and so you have that experience, but so, so what was drawing you, you know, back into the U S or back into, uh, work again, or at least the vocation that you're now doing now. So what was your draw back then? Well, one, I did think it was time to come home. Anybody that's lived abroad, there's just, it, there's a time when you're like, I miss my culture. I miss my family. So I came back. But ultimately is when I got pregnant with my daughter and had this holy crap moment, because obviously I always wanted a child, but I wasn't expecting to bring or planning to bring her into the world as a yoga teacher, as a struggling yoga teacher. I see. Look, I, I have amazing stories and I was having an amazing life, as you can imagine, but it wasn't a lucrative mm. career. So I had a choice. I could have gone and got a corporate job, which I already had done that experience in my startup. And I knew that wasn't going to be fulfilling or I could roll up my sleeves and start my own business. And that's what I chose to do. And this was 2012, 2011, 13, 14. Uh, let's see. So she it's 2020. She was 2014. So two, okay. So coming up, so six years ago, call it, give or take. Yes. And so you move back, you're, you're uh, expecting for the first time, and then you decide, well, instead of me just getting a job, I'm going to actually start up another company as well. And so uh, I, I'm curious about your intention at that time. Well, my intention was, look, I had, I'm a single mother. I've raised my daughter completely on my own. At the time, I was at rock bottom. I had to go on food stamps for a very short time to supplement my income, and you know, I didn't have any support from the father. So I looked at my lifestyle and everything I had done. And I said, listen, I want to raise a child my way. I want to travel the world with her. I want to do it on my terms. I do not want to be allocated this, you know, two weeks of vacation or have to put her in daycare for 10, 12 hours a day. So I did what it took. My intention was I'm going to create a business and I'm going to show my daughter what's possible. And today um, with the exception of the coronavirus, because mm-hmm. we're supposed to be on a trip right now, we travel internationally. I joke that my daughter's the most well-traveled uh, five-year-old that I know. She's been to over a dozen countries. We spend at least four weeks traveling internationally every year. 
I work from anywhere in the world. And now she can, I have um, her at home with me so she can see like you put your mind to anything and you can do it. You can create your own reality. That is so incredible to hear. Um, any moments early on, Jessica, of um, uh, maybe I shouldn't do this or, or regret or, or, or do any moments of mentally quitting once you came back to San Diego and you're in this space? Any moments of maybe I should go get a job or, or were you just locked in that failure is not an option? I, 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 it is not an option. It really wasn't. Listen, I, I have an unwavering faith in my own abilities because I've gone and we don't have time to go through it, gone through so much in my life and seen so many things. I do believe that anything is possible. And I also believe in the divine unfolding of my life. I believe in a higher power. And whenever I've wanted to do something, as long as I go all in, I am supported. There is someone else supporting me. And I remember when my daughter was a little baby and she was crying and I had to just put her in the crib and walk away, walk outside for a moment, as we all know, moms and dads have to just do and ground. And I was crying, sobbing. And I remember looking at this guy and I said, listen, God, if you want me to do this consulting thing, you got to help me because I don't know what I don't, I, I don't know how to do this without your help. And literally a week later, one of my ex existing clients referred me to a, a company who ended up hiring me and probably paid me forty or fifty thousand dollars over the course of the next, you know, six nine months. Life changing for mm. me at the time. If that's not proof that there's a higher power and that if you have the faith and you take action towards your dreams, moving it with that, moving from that place of intention, I don't know what is. You know, one hundred percent is possible one hundred percent of the time, right? Absolutely. Yeah, if you believe um, and you take action. I love it. I love it. I really do. So uh, share with me real quick here. What, what are you up to now? I know you said it at the beginning, but um, talk to me about your, your value prop in particular. Yeah. So I have an international consulting and training company. I have served clients from all over the world. I run high level masterminds, retreats, live events, and I help people, as I mentioned before, like translate their skills into a high value education, coaching or training business and successfully put the systems in place to help them scale to seven figures. Well, congrats on what you've been able to create thus far. Um, you know, Jessica, I always like to ask any guest on the podcast one, this final question before we, we wrap it up here is if anybody came to you looking for one piece of advice, uh, just one, it doesn't matter if they are net new at their career, fresh out of college or just getting started or at the, at the tail end or, you know, right in the middle, um, any advice for anybody listening that maybe you've taken over the years or somebody provided to you? If you had one piece of advice for anybody, what might that be? I would say to create the highest vision of your life that you want, commit to it and go all in, period. No matter what you want to do in life, if you don't commit and go all in, it's not going to happen. And we are such powerful human beings that really you can create whatever you want. So commit and go all in. Sound advice. I, I think on that note, we'll, uh, we'll wrap this one up right now. So Jessica, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. It's a pretty cool one. Thanks, Paul. Absolutely. So everybody, so listen, thanks very much. We'll wrap this one up right now. Thanks so much for taking the time to be here. Um, we're out of here and uh, we'll see you next week. Be safe, everybody. 